Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. speaking again and um, it's been such a great series and I've absolutely loved uh, looking at the, the Sermon on the Mount and even the 166 theme that we have where as Grant says that this is not just for you to come and, and listen on a Sunday night, it's actually so that we can take something and bring it into our week. I was speaking in Vital Sunday this morning and we were also looking at the Sermon on the Mount and uh, I was kind of finishing it up and looking at the end where, where Jesus is saying that the people who hear these words and do them are building a firm foundation, or building their house on the rock. It's the people who hear and do. So it's really important to remember as, as we go through all of this, as we go through all these nights, it's actually not just about the hearing, it's about the doing of the word. So that's what we've loved about the 166, that it's every other hour this, this week that we're going out here to do, okay? And then tonight, I'm going to be looking at giving to the needy, okay? It's uh, that verse that Grant has just read out, and I'll read it out again. Here we are. So beware of practicing your righteousness before other people in order to be seen by them. For then uh, you will have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. Thus, when you give to the needy, sound no trumpet before you, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may be praised by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing so that your giving may be in secret. And your Father, who sees in secret, will reward you. So this is another great passage where Jesus is tackling another big issue that has been happening within the, the church and within the people in that area. Um, and I'd love to just take this passage and just break it up into two parts. So I've got 25 minutes, and I hope I can get through it all. That's been the, the hardest part of getting this, this sermon prepared, is actually looking at what I can say, because there's so much in the Bible about giving. It is such a heart of Jesus, it's a heart of the Father, um, and we could talk about it all night, but I'll split this into two things, and firstly, it's going to be the heart of the matter, okay, the heart behind the giving, and secondly, the actual action of giving, explaining of, of what we should do, why we do it, and, and looking at the practical ways of, of living it out, okay. Um, so, first off, we're going to look at our hearts, the heart of the matter in this issue. So, as we know, I've been looking at the Sermon on Mount in the past weeks, um, it's one that is completely filled with challenges and challenges to the heart. So often Jesus is speaking, right, to not as such literally, where he's talking about cutting off your hand or plucking out your eye. He's not meaning that seriously, but he's emphasizing the, the importance of, of actually changing our hearts in this, okay? And this was due to the context that Jesus was in. Um, it was extremely superficial. Everything was so religious. It was about ticking boxes. Um, and it was all about self-righteousness. Everyone there was living to be self-righteous, to make themselves look as good as they could to the people around them. Um, and then this passage is no different. Again, we're presented with a case, right, where the people are trying to give to the poor, not to help the poor, but actually to look good, to stand out and say, look at me, I'm so holy, I'm so generous, I'm so righteous. And this is the case um, that Jesus is actually speaking into. And again, as always, Jesus speaks strongly into this, okay? And he wants to actually really just stop it, where he's even emphasizing again, saying, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. That's how much of a, a secret it should be. Um, where again, where, as we've seen in the, in the past uh, 
passages that uh, Jesus isn't being completely literal here, but again, he's emphasizing the point of actually, you really need to think about this and you really need to think and check your own heart in this. So he's challenging the people's hearts and so should we, okay? So should we. This context was one of looking good and self-righteousness. And you know what? It can be so easily just transferred into ours. And um, so often we do things just out of, out of wanting to look good and uh, to, to show off in front of other people. So it's where we have to actually ask that question. Why do we give? Why are we being generous? Why do we do these things? Is it so that others will look at us? Is it that um, maybe we just feel like we have to? We've been taught that we should give, so we give. We're just taking a box. Um, and so often, too, we just give the bare minimum to say, right, that's me living like Jesus now. Even when I've started this here and said that we're talking on giving to the needy, probably some of us have thought, right, well, I do give, so that's that box ticked. And that's our, our attitude towards this. But I don't actually think that's what Jesus was getting at. Um, you see, all throughout the Sermon on the Mount, he's been calling us to live differently. As, as Robbie had mentioned too, that Jesus, there's so many laws that they had, but Jesus said that he was coming to fulfill the law and he was actually up on it. He wasn't making it easier for us. In fact, he was saying that he was calling us to a higher standard of living. And I've been so challenged through the, the whole teaching of this. Um, and it's really taken me back of actually what Jesus is calling us into, of what he's actually expecting from us. In uh, John 3, it says, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. And so often we can just think, right, yeah, like you get saved, you go to heaven. But I felt God saying to me too that when you're saved, when you're born again, that you can see the kingdom of God here and now because the kingdom is at hand. And that we actually have to look out for this and we need to see differently. Jesus isn't just calling us to change our actions or to tick boxes or to increase our self-righteousness. He's calling us to change our very hearts. He's calling us to change the way we see the world. He's calling us to change the way we look. He's calling us to have a kingdom vision so that we can see the kingdom of God wherever we go. It's a big, big calling, and it's one that we have to take seriously. Um, because our culture says to take, 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 hoard all the money you can, earn as much money you can. As you go through school, you're, you're pushed to get the best results, to get the best job, to get the best house, and it's all about money. It's so money-driven. And then there's even more subtle terms that we use where it's, oh, I have to be wise with my money. And that just becomes sometimes an excuse where we don't want to give because we're being wise. Um, and it's something we really need to challenge our hearts on is, is how, whole, how tightly do we hold on to what we have? How much of a priority does it have in our lives over Jesus? Um, and these teachings are not just to be fitted into our lives, okay? But our lives are actually to be shaped by them. It's not just about doing the bare minimum, but actually this teaching is to become the way of our lives. Um, really our first instinct or reaction. Again, at Vital Sunday this morning, we give out we WWJD bands. I would love to get to a point where we don't need those, where actually our first instinct is what Jesus would do. We don't really have to stop and think, right, what would Jesus do here? It's actually when we are presented with a situation that our reaction, our hearts are in that place where we are just doing what Jesus would do. That's the, that's the shape of our, of our lives. Um, but for that, like, it's not going to be easy at all. Let's hear our natural instincts, the way that we are. We're always automated to think of ourselves. We're, we're made, we're, we are in sin, or we were at least. And it's something that we need to really make clear and really state over our lives is that we are actually dead to sin and alive in Christ. And we need to actually consciously deny ourselves of some things. And I really feel like 
that's actually a, a word for us tonight, and it's been on my heart all week, is just we need to deny ourselves. We need to deny stuff from our lives. Um, if we look at Matthew 16, 24 and 26, um, this is Jesus saying, then Jesus told his disciples, if anyone would come after me, and that's what we're wanting to do, we're wanting to come after Jesus, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what will it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? Or what shall a man give in return for his soul? You see, following Jesus actually requires us to deny our old self, to deny our selfish ways, and, and actually sacrifice stuff. He says, take up our cross. And this is where a lot of preachers might go, you know, what is your cross? What's the cross that you carry? But how does that compare? I don't feel like it even does justice to the cross, our sacrifices that we make, when we think of the sacrifice that Jesus made. The fact that he actually took on flesh is a big sacrifice enough. But then he humbled himself to let his own creation humiliate him, to mock him, to torture him, and to kill him. That, that's the sacrifice that Jesus went through. That's the cross that he bore. And yet so often we can try to compare our own sacrifice, our own self-denial to what Jesus went through. I don't know how it is that taking up our cross has become so easy. And to deny ourselves means so little. Because Jesus spoke these real words. He spoke in such a way that we could compare it to something. Paul said the same. Paul said to beat his body into submission. He said to crucify your flesh. These are strong, strong statements. But I think there's, there's some that we actually just look over too easily. I know I've been challenged by this so much. It's thinking, actually, what am I doing? I sometimes struggle with to deny myself a flat white, never mind my life. <laughs> it's, it's just crazy how we can just make it so, so comfortable for ourselves. I, I loved how in the early church and uh, when Constantine made Christianity legal, they all looked at each other and said, this isn't Christianity. So they moved out to the desert and sold all they the had because they needed to sacrifice something. They understood of that to be a Christian, it actually cost them something. Um, so hear me, that I'm not telling you to go out and sell everything you have and give it to the poor, where that would be great. Um, but what I want to do is actually just to really make us think and challenge ourselves of, of what do we actually give? Okay. What do we give and does it actually cost us anything? So often, which is great that we are given, because we do, I know that this is such a generous church. It is such a generous church and we do give so often, but we do need to ask ourselves, does it cost me anything? Because if it doesn't, does it really have much meaning to it? Or what is the heart behind it? Because the heart that Jesus won is one of, of sacrifice. Because God the Father was generous, not because he gave us all that we have, because that didn't cost him anything. He's creator, he makes all this. But he gave all that he did have. He gave Jesus. He gave Jesus out of this heart of love. And Jesus gave his life out of this heart of love. That cost him something. And if God is doing that for us, you know, we, we can do that for God. So when you give, don't give to be seen. Don't give because you feel like maybe you can afford it and you do it just because it's the right thing to do or don't give because you feel like you have to but let your love overflow into your giving. Like 
um, let it just pour out and pour out in giving. Your, your love should be the, the priority of why we're doing this. The, the heart is the main issue. That's the main thing that Jesus has been trying to get across the whole Sermon on the Mount. And this is applicable for everything, all the ones that he was, he's been talking about. It's not just giving. It's where your heart is, your life will follow after. So let your giving just overflow from where your love is. And I think it's also really important to, to realize that the heart we give it with is what we are truly given. The heart that we actually give with is what we are truly given. The people who are receiving the gift, yeah, it might be nice to receive some money or a gift or whatever it is, but when it's given with so much love, that is going to affect them a lot more. That's what's actually going to change their life, you see. It is the heart that you're given with is what their, the person is actually going to be getting. If you're given with a heart of love, they're going to be getting love. They're going, to, they're going to experience that. And this brings us on to the action. Because there's a really key word in that verse that I read. And that word was when. It says when you give. When you give. Jesus isn't commanding us to give. He's actually assuming that we're just going to. As I said before, as we've been born again, we do. We see things differently. We're seeing things with kingdom eyes. And giving is part of that. So it is a when we give. This is something that we should be doing. It's something that we should just do naturally. But why do we do it? What effects does giving have? Okay. Well, it is more blessed to give than it is to receive. It is more blessed to give than it is to receive. When you receive a gift, that is, it's great. But the blessing is that gift. That's what you have. But when you give, and you give out of the, the heart that we have discussed... There's something else that happens. There's, there's a shift in the kingdom. There's a shift in the atmosphere. Um, and there's a much deeper blessing at stake here. And the father who sees in secret, the father who sees your heart, he will reward you. He will reward you. You see, the Pharisees who were given to be seen, their reward was pride. That's what it says. They've got their reward. Their reward was that other people could actually see them. But the one who gives in secret, the one who is given out of this, this heart of love, the Father sees that, the Father knows that, and then there's a greater blessing to be given. That is where you'll experience something so much better. You see, when you give from a heart of love, you reflect the heart of the Father. You get to join in with what he is doing. You're joining in with, with his heart, his story, everything that he wants for the people around you. You're jumping into, into working with him. Um, and then suddenly what you are given, it doesn't really matter. If it's a big gift, if it's a small gift, don't get caught up on that. It's actually the heart that you have. It is the love that can change lives. Um, and when we do that, there is a shift in the atmosphere. There's something greater happens. And people will have to question the way that you're acting. Because you're living in this counter-cultural way. Through all the stuff in the Sermon on the Mount, people will ask, why are you doing this? What on earth are you doing? And then that's where you can reply, it's because of love. I'm doing this because of love, because God loves you, because I love you. And in that moment, that person is going to experience the love of God. And that is such an opportunity. It is such an opportunity that we have to actually share something so much more than just money, just clothes, whatever it is. It's actually you're sharing Jesus. Um, and I hear so often things like, you know, you know, I don't want to give to the homeless because I don't trust them. 
I don't want to give to them because they'll waste my money. Well, let them waste it. Because if you give out of a heart of love, they're going to experience that love. And that heart of the Father could change their lives forever. So who cares about the actual gift as such? It's actually about what you're putting behind it. That is where the damage is done. And another thing is generosity is infectious. It's highly, highly infectious. So often where even if I've ever been blessed, someone's given us something, you just feel like, I want to go do that for someone else now. It, it changes something in you. And I feel like that is part of what the greater blessing that is talked about is. It's something that actually just spreads. It's an amazing way to spread kingdom value. I remember when we were doing Glow one year, and we were doing a thing of just random acts of kindness, and uh, we were going around the drive-thru at McDonald's, so you just went round and round, and uh, you just uh, went up to the person and said, hey, can we pay for the person behind us? And so we did that and went on. Next time we went round, the person said, wait to hear what happened. You paid for the person behind you, then they paid for the person behind them, and they paid for the person behind them, and it just spread on. There was this idea of actually just spreading the kingdom value through, I don't know if they're a Christian or not, but they got a catch of, of this generosity, and it was infectious. So let the kingdom spread. But don't be afraid to give, because it'll, it'll have an effect even wider than where you are. Just start the waves. Um, and then another thing that I think is really important to look at is that this isn't titled given to the poor. It was given to the needy, okay? And there's a big difference there because there's more needs than money. There's a lot more needs than money. There's a lot of people who just need someone to talk to, someone to listen to them, someone to actually show them some worth. So when you're giving and you're thinking about giving, don't just think it has to be money. Don't just think that you can send money off and that's going to make such a difference. But actually think of the people around you. What are the needs in your life? What are the needs for the people around you? Like in our city, there's so much need. Depression and mental health issues, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. As, as Grant said, as you spend time working with young people, you hear so many stories. So many stories that break your heart that you don't realize. On face value, you would never know. But when you start hearing the stories, you go, these people need, need something more. And we're so blessed to have two amazing charities in our town. Reach and Aspire do an amazing work for helping the needy, to giving to the needy, to spend so much time with it. And I would really challenge you guys, if you have a free hour, or actually if you want to sacrifice an hour in the week, get in contact with Reach and Aspire. We always need more volunteers, more people to actually sit down beside kids who have serious issues going on at home to actually say, you know what, I'm here for you to offer that help in hand. So really, really think about that. Don't just think, oh, I've taken my giving to the needy box by spending money every week or even just by giving to them. Think about spending some time with people. It's so, so important because, again, the face-to-face interaction is what we're looking for here. It's, it's been so easy for us to, to make everything so digital where we just send stuff out direct debit. That's where the money goes out and money goes out. And where that is really good, you're losing that, that love that I'm talking about, where people don't actually see it. They don't feel it the same way. Where, so it is really important that, they, that different charities and different people are getting that money. Like That's huge, definitely. But think about also challenging yourself to, to have some face-to-face interaction with people, to show them that love, to show them the, the kindness that you have and, and all that's in your heart. Um, so be generous with your money. Be generous with your time. Be generous with your love. 
and really be generous with Jesus because everyone is in need of Jesus. When we're thinking of the needy, everyone needs Jesus. We're all called to be evangelists. It's, it's part of who we are. If we're saying we're Christians, we need to be telling people about Jesus. We need to show Jesus in whatever way we can, wherever we are, because that is where the need is. That is what people need to see, and that's what will change people's lives completely. Um, so just as I, I do finish up, I would, look to, I would like to look at a wee verse from James. And because every time I think about generosity or giving, it, it comes to mind. Uh, and it's James 3.16. It says, For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder in every vile practice. I think this is such a true verse. It just rings true for our world. As we look around and we can see how selfishness has oppressed and abused countless people, no matter how vile the cost is. I've been to places like Cambodia and Greece where you see this in action. You see people become profit when selfishness is, is there. And people are just so, so selfish, they just turn people into profit and they will abuse the most vulnerable. That is the every vile practice. But I can't help but think there's a flip side to that. What if there was a people, what if there was a church who held the values to actually go out and, and dream with a kingdom ambition, a selfless ambition, who are willing to actually deny themselves to bless others? Then things would be completely different. Then things would be not in the order the world has them, but in God's order. And that there would be so many pure and life-giving and encouraging opportunities for so many people. They are the practices that would come out of that. If we had a flip side to this coin, that we actually sat down and thought, right, I've got to be selfless. I've got to deny myself. So I do want to challenge you. What is your ambition? When you look to the future, when you dream, who is it for? Is it for yourself or is it for the kingdom? I know for myself it can be so easy to just look ahead and plan your entire life and think, right, I need to do this, I need to do this, I need to do this. And you can just completely forget about every other person. So how about we actually just sit and we dream we dream dreams that are completely selfless. If we want to rewrite our city, we need to start dreaming dreams that actually are going to change the lives of others. That actually will deny ourselves and give, and we'll just give with freedom, no matter what the cost is. We don't care about cost. The cost, as we've discussed, the cost is, is a good thing, never mind just giving what we can afford. And then we can show a heart of love that is going to break into lives and completely transform them. That's what we want to see over our city. And I really believe that, that this verse is so important that actually we do just get rid of our, our, self, our selfish dreams because it'll just lead and lead and lead to competition. It'll lead to turn each other down. Even within businesses and within so many, even young people who are, who are looking ahead, dream dreams that are actually going to bring life to other people. Um, so in light of that, I would love us to actually respond um, and, and think and challenge ourselves. So if the band want to come up, and I'll just pray for us. Yeah, Father God, we, we thank you for your words. We thank you that even though this sermon was given 2,000 years ago, it is so relevant for our lives right now. And God, we just want to say sorry too for for making it all just so easy, God. 
for dulling down the cross. And we just thank you for the cross, God. We thank you for, for all that you did. We thank you, Jesus, for, for taking on flesh, for taking our sin, God, for becoming sin on our behalf, Lord. And we just want to say, God, that, yeah, we do want to give it all to you. We want to give it all back, God. And we just want to pray, Father, for, for a release, God, on our hearts that we'll not hold so tight on money, God, that we'll not worry about it, we'll not be anxious about it, God, but instead we'll seek first the kingdom of God and everything will be added to us, God. So, Father, we just surrender our hearts now. And we are sorry, God, for, for all of our, our selfish desires, our selfish ambitions, God. So we pray, God, that, that you'll just help us, God, because we need you. We cannot do this on our own, God. So we pray and ask for your Holy Spirit to help us just deny ourselves, to say no to sin, to say that we are dead to sin and alive in Christ. So let us walk in that, God. Let us think in that way. And let us live in such a way that will bring so much life to, to the city that we live in, God. That the church will be the example for this, Father. That it'll be the example of generosity. That this is going to be the place where it starts. This is where the waves will trickle out of God. And that this infectious generosity will just spread across our whole town. That no one will be in need. And that those who are in need, God, will not be ignored. Will not be walked past. But instead they'll be focused on God. That they'll have someone to draw alongside them, Father. And we thank you and just want to bless even the, the charities in town that are doing that. We pray for Reach, we pray for Aspire. We pray that you will provide for them, God, that you will give them what they need, Father, that you'll give them the volunteers that they need and that we'll just see them just bless so many young people. So God, we just want to pray again that you'll just challenge our hearts and push us forward into, into this life of, of living after you. So got to look at these questions of what is God saying to me and what am I going to do about it so first if you just want to if you have a journal if you have a notepad even if you want to use your phone think what is God saying to me and write it down think about it spend some time on that We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.